Hey everyone, thanks for tuning in this week. Um, have a super fun episode for you with Daniel and Natalie, um, full of a lot of good info. The reason we're doing this little intro is uh, we actually had to split it into two parts because there was so much good stuff in it and we didn't want to take anything out. Um, not only do we do this podcast to learn from each other as entrepreneurs and uh, get tips and advice from each other, but we also love to hear the story behind the business um, and get to know the people behind it and the people that are running the business. And Daniel and Natalie had an awesome story. Um, so part one is really going to focus on you know their story and the events in their life that led them to Cactos. And then tune in for part two next week, which we'll talk a bit more about um, the day-to-day life of Cactos and actually getting that business up and running to where it is today. Um, so yeah, super fun episode. Hope you enjoy it and we'll catch you in the episode guys. This episode of the local hustlers podcast is brought to you by Flamingo pools, your go-to maintenance and repair company in the East Valley. Stop wasting your valuable time trying to take care of your pool and let the professionals at Flamingo pools take care of it for you. Visit azflamingopools.com for a free quote today. You're listening to the Local Hustlers Podcast. East Valley Locals. Get connected with small businesses near you and dive deep into their stories, mindset, and motives. Entrepreneurs everywhere. Get ready to be inspired by business owners, entrepreneurs, and hustlers that you can relate to and learn from. And now, your hosts, Dallin Huso and Ridge Waldberg. All right, everybody, welcome to another episode of the Local Hustlers Podcast. Ridge and I are super excited this week uh, to have Daniel and Natalie Bobbick. We got a couple of stars here, a basketball star and a Price is Right star. So (laughs) Price is is wrong, Bobby. (laughs) Why don't uh, both of you take a couple of minutes before we kind of get into, I forgot, so you guys are the the owners of Cactus Socks. Um, So before we get into that, why don't we talk a bit about, you know, both your, your past lives before before that came together then the background sure yeah. um you know where do you start right uh we start as freshmen in high school oh that's true oh, that is go. where it started right. yes <laughs> that's where you fell in love with me <laughs> <laughs> kind of true so i was a freshman in provo at timview high school and daniel's family moved in and um from southern california yeah southern california so we were, well, you did eighth grade. Yeah, we did different. In eight, Provo, yeah. but I did not. Yeah, we did, anyway. went to different element, middle schools, but went to the same high school as freshman. Okay. Yes. So in ninth grade, I was a cheerleader and Daniel was a basketball player and he <laughs> was 5'9 and had <laughs> like a size 13 shoe. <laughs> oh, wow. So I, was, I wasn't awkward at all. <laughs> and he would wear this backpack that was heavier than he was all hunched over and like walked across really the commons like do-do-do-do-do-do and I was like oh he's so cute <laughs> she freaked me out man. I loved him but I was a little crazy so yes I have all sorts of memorabilia from yeah. freshman year little stick figures I drew of him playing basketball and me cheering underneath the basket. Oh, wow. <laughs> no, no lie. She would like during warmups and stuff, she'd go and stand underneath the basket and like take pictures and she'd do like her little cheer, Dan, Dan, he's my man. If he can't do it, no man can't. She'd like kick herself in the face and give like star fingers and stuff. You know what I mean? It's and, watchers. And, and, and my teammates would be looking like, bro, you see that? What's going on? I'm like, I have no idea, man. I can't get rid of her. <laughs> 
Did that make you play better or worse? Yeah, I, I don't know, man. It made me super focused. Yeah. <laughs> oh, it was so funny. Anyway, he got super sick. They didn't know what he had, and he didn't come to... Missed about a month and a half or two months of school. Yeah, Almost he like did. The whole basketball season, so I was like, super sick. Forever. I thought I had leukemia, a kidney infection. There was a bunch of stuff. They didn't really know what I had, and so like I just didn't go to school for almost two months like wow. basically the whole basketball season and she'd come by and check by, check out on me every once in a while and and uh and just i remember that like she made me this kind of cool little candy bar poster thing right where it said like you know that was so the thing to do in 1994 <laughs> <laughs> totally man i mean hey it was it was she, i come like hey and slap like a big hunk on the on the, on the <laughs> right. board, board you know what i mean can't wait for you to and put like a score bar like yeah. the, you know can't wait for you to score big again in the game do you know what i mean and so like i just remember that you know and i was a 14 year old kid right i mean i'm like this girl is seriously creepy but <laughs> But she was really nice to me, yeah. and I don't. No, Reggie's over here that. taking notes. Yeah. <laughs> All right, this is what I need to do. That's it. Oh, so funny. Anyway, after that year, he moved back to California. Okay. We didn't see or talk to each other for five and a half years, so oh, wow. it was a long time. We, uh, I finished high school. He finished high school. Went on a mission. I dated somebody else. Had my life planned out with that kid. <laughs> Really, yeah. and then he came back, and I was at school at BYU. Yeah, so I went was, to BYU for my freshman year in high school and so or college, college, and and I just remembered that she was nice to me, and I just like I said, I kind of remember that, and you know, moving in eighth grade is not the easiest thing in the world to do, and so anyway, so I remember finding out, figuring out where she was. And he looked me up on the stalker net. Yeah, they kind of because since got at rid of that, that point yeah. you could like. Go- search somebody uh-huh, in the really? BYU computers and it had all of their Indirect, information. Like all the directories. Oh, really? Everything. Nice. Yeah, so he like, called me like, at my home phone, yeah. like my family's house. Which doesn't even exist anymore, home phone. <laughs> right? Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. My sister answered and she liked my other boyfriend so she didn't tell me that he called me. <laughs> Shoot. Yeah, dude. I think like twice or something crazy. Anyway, you finally got a hold of me. Asked me to a football game, and, and it was really weird. It was weird, it was but weird. not weird. Not weird in a bad way, but weird in like I haven't seen this girl since I was. I was I, he was I'm, five nine, and now, now he's six six, and a college basketball player. Yeah, I was five two. Now I'm five nine. I'd also gained oh. about forty pounds, <laughs> which is super crazy. It was a long year at college. Okay. <laughs> anyway, but we like went on a date and. It was so comfortable and so not like a first date yeah. uh-huh. when you haven't seen someone for five and a half years. Right. Yeah. So it was fun. It was. I hit him in the stomach and chased him up the stairs. At which point I did a dumb and dumber. <laughs> and like she straight biffed it right on the stairs, which was cool. But it was like, you know, one of those awkward stuff. And I obviously was pretty focused. I wanted to play in the NBA and, and wanted to, you know, pursue basketball. And, wow. and uh, you know, that's why I was going to school there was yeah. to, to, you know, get better at basketball and try to try to make it to that next level. And so, you know, I fought it for a long time, but felt like it was the right thing to do to go mm-hmm. ahead and continue to pursue the relationship. And we ended up getting married and it was kind of crazy. And then I moved, I transferred from, from, from BYU to, to, uh, to Oklahoma state and, uh, you know, kind of had to walk out and had to, you know, get a release from my scholarship in order to be able to, you know, pursue other schools and things like yeah. that. So, I mean, I, you know, we were, I almost killed him. Yeah, we were pregnant. So we were, 
so she's from so mom and dad lived about three four miles away from from us mm-hmm. you know i had family cousins we played half a dozen games in southern california close to family i was pretty in a pretty comfortable situation uh-huh. there in uh at byu and uh basically i i uh walked into the athletic director's office and just told him hey listen man i need to release from my scholarship and uh you know, I so, don't know where I'm going. Well, yeah, you, you can't do it that way. That's the way that works. It's yeah. not like you can just be like, hey, I already got another school. And so I walk home and I tell my mom, my wife, who's seven months pregnant, that, hey, I'm going to take you away from your mom and your dad and your sister and, and your grandbaby number one in Utah, where she's like, kind of grown up and known. And she was just like, well, it wasn't a good day, man. <laughs> it wasn't a good day. <laughs> Let's just leave it at that, man. <laughs> it was, like, that's all about I remember that day. <laughs> it was a bad, bad day. But it was crazy because, you know, we ended up at Oklahoma State. Like, we took a trip out there, and it was like, it just felt I didn't like, even know where Oklahoma was. Yeah. It was crazy. Like, I mean, we just decided to go out there. So, so you know, long story short, because I'm sure there's a million other questions. You ask one question, and we just like keep going. <laughs> going yeah, going. We're, we're done with the interviews. <laughs> it's over now. But, but I think it's interesting because it sets us up for the decisions yeah. that we've made and kind of where we are right now yeah. is that that, you know, left a really comfortable situation at BYU where we had family and I had a scholarship and I went to Oklahoma State where I didn't have a scholarship my first year. I moved my wife 1,100 miles away from family, had never lived away from home. With, with a brand with, new baby. With a six-week-old baby. I mean, she came wow. after her six-week appointment. And then after that, it was like, and I was working at a gas station trying to oh. make enough money to, you know, I was putting, you know, I was stocking coolers and bagging ice and Painting gas pumps. Painting gas pumps and cleaning out, you know, car washes and the whole nine yards, man, for 10 bucks an hour. And, you know, trying to play basketball, trying to go to school, trying to get acclimated to a new area and stuff like that. Wow. And it was tough, man. Like, it was a super tough situation because yeah. I could have stayed in a situation where I had a scholarship, I was comfortable, and I was good. Yeah. And, you know, you know, fast forward the next year, we end up going to the Final Four, you know, and I ended up starting that whole last year, that whole year. And, of course, I didn't want to leave BYU and go sit on the sit on the bench for yeah. for two years. You know, the egg would have been kind of on my face, you know yeah. what I mean? But but uh, you know, worked really hard and, and played really well and got a chance to play and we played on a team that won a boatload of games and, and we know we won in dramatic fashion. We were a two seed in the NCAA tournament. We were playing against St. Joe's that was kinda of number one. They had Jameer Nelson and Delonte West and a couple oh, other wow. NBA players wow. and stuff. And yeah. I'm out there playing with these guys and you know, we hit a, a shot to you know, to put us up by two with about seven seconds to go and Jameer Nelson, who's the college player of the year, is coming down, and I'm guarding this dude, and, you know, it's basically, you know, him or me, basically, and he makes a good move, and I stay in front of him, and he makes another move, and I stay in front of him, and he shoots it, and I'm pretty, you know, I'm about eight inches taller than he is, and he has to shoot it crazy high, and he misses, and the, you know, the buzzer goes off, and, and we're going to the final four, you know, and I go over, and I find my wife, and it's in East Rutherford, New Jersey, and so, you know, she comes flying out of the stands, you know what I mean? Like WWE style. Like yeah. get to the top rope because I got those barriers between the court and the... And she like, double, she like gets on top of that sucker and like jumps out into my arms and this gigantic bear hug. And yeah. she's like, thanks for bringing me out to Oklahoma even though at first I didn't want to come. And so for me, that was like really rewarding because, you know, the year before I didn't have a scholarship and quite frankly, I'm still paying for that year of school. Yeah. Right? Like, and so... so so I, I leave a comfortable situation and I go someplace else all in pursuit of something that I really, really wanted, right? Like uh-huh, I yeah. wanted to play in the NBA. I didn't want to have any regrets and think that, you know, and I felt quite frankly like I hadn't developed as much as a basketball player as I would have liked the two years that I was at BYU. And because yeah. I had that end yeah. goal of being able to play in the NBA, it was like, listen, I can do one of two things. I can sit here and complain about it or I can sit here and continue to this. This is, it is what it is, right? Like this is the situation. Yeah. Or I can try to figure someplace else out. 
mm-hmm. and really go and pursue pursue that. And so for me, you know, I mean, I didn't get a chance to play in the NBA. I mean, I played with five guys that played, you know, five of my teammates were NBA players. I went over to Europe and played in Germany professionally for a year and had a great experience. But I just realized that as I got closer to that goal, it wasn't something I wanted anymore, oh, okay. you know? And so, but I had some great experiences and it's taught us, quite frankly, it's kind of led us up to where we are today. Mm-hmm. So it's it was uh, the best best thing we could have ever done yeah ever it was great it was great for a relationship and it was good for you know for setting us up for for future opportunities for sure that's super so. cool so sorry i don't way wanna... more than you wanted to know obviously we don't want to make the the entire interview about of uh, course the, the free life but i do want to ask at what point did you realize that basketball wasn't what you wanted in terms of like a professional career yeah i think that when i went over to europe and just kind of saw what it was right like i realized that you know, the closer that I got to it, you know, um, it's a lot of travel. It's a lot of, uh, you know, it's a lot of work. And, you know, it kind of sounds pretty sexy to be in Italy or Germany or France or uh-huh. Spain. or And there's a lot of guys that go and do it. But for me, it just didn't feel like the right thing to do. And, yeah. I, and, and you know, as much as I love basketball, I love my family way more than I love basketball. And I always will, you know. And so it was like, listen, I can continue to drag my family around all over the place. But at some point in my life, I was gonna, I was delaying the inevitable, right? Yeah. I was not to get a real job. I wasn't going to make enough money playing basketball to probably just chill out for the rest of my life, mm-hmm. you know, and make millions and millions and millions yeah. of dollars or whatever, right? And so I can make a really good living. But, you know, at best, you retire when you're 30, 35 years old and play for 10 years and or the first time you get hurt. And it's like, I got nothing else to do. Mm-hmm. And I have other things that I was interested in. So... Basically, it was kind of like after that first year, I realized that it just wasn't, you know, I, I went and pursued it and I realized that I just, it just wasn't for me. So I just tried to make a decision and go someplace else and kind of bounced around all over the place, got into, you know, went from playing basketball to analyzing financial statements for a bank doing commercial lending and wanted to stick a pencil in my eye every single day. <laughs> I, work, dude. I, mean, I couldn't stand it. It was terrible. And I just, you know, anyway, went back to school and got an MBA and, and, uh, you know, I had a job. Um, I was working for the NBA's D League, and they call it the G League now, and I yeah. was kind of working for that. And, and uh, I had a paper out early in the morning. I had a day job at the, G, at the you know in the, the G League, and uh, I had baby number three, and I was going to school to get an MBA all at the same time, man. Oh, I'm wow. like, how in the heck am I going to make this work? I mean, yeah. I remember sitting at 3 o'clock, 2.30 in the morning, man, in Tulsa, Oklahoma, driving down with like a face mask on, like a ski mask <laughs> thing, like crazy stuff. And like thinking i am one pathetic loser <laughs> like no joke man i'm like dude I've, i got no food i got no job my pets heads are falling off i just thinking what am i doing with my life you know what i mean like i got a college education i played a lot of basketball i'm getting an mba and i'm freaking throwing papers right now yeah this is terrible you know but it was like all those early mornings gave me a chance to really think about like you know what is it that i want and who do i want to be and all that yeah. kind of stuff and yeah. you know i was paying a price for something that i wanted you know, further on down the road. And so sometimes it's really easy for everybody, I think, and, you know, to kind of maybe tie it into the, you know, the purpose of this podcast is, you know, anything in this life, there's a price to pay for it. You know what I mean? And and nothing's, nothing comes free. And so anyway, that's kind of, to answer your question, that's kind of what I, I realized that at some point in my life, I was going to have to get a day job and and, and a real job. And and I was kind of delaying that inevitable piece. And I just decided I'm out. And I just went and did it. that was in Germany. And it was a tough decision. It was hard. It was super hard because I sacrificed a lot for it. I mean, heck, man. I mean, I my family hated me for a year, man, for yeah. going out to Oklahoma. Oklahoma. Yeah. I mean, I sacrificed a ton year. for it. <laughs> That's it. I mean, what's one, one year? Yeah. That's like nothing in the grand scheme of things, right? Yeah. So, anyway. So that's it. Do you spend more time cleaning your pool than you spend swimming in it? 
and call Flamingo Pools today. Flamingo Pools is your go-to swimming pool maintenance and repair company in the East Valley. Whether it's weekly maintenance, repairs, green to cleans, or one-time cleanings, Flamingo Pools will take care of you. Honest, reliable, and innovative. Just a few of the many good things Flamingo Pools customers have to say about them. Ask them about their mineral treatment, which will keep your chemical levels down, allowing you to have a healthier bathing experience. At Flamingo Pools, they know that your pool was made to be enjoyed, so let them handle the rest. Check them out at azflamingopools.com or give them a call at 480-422-6013. Mention this podcast and you'll get your first month of maintenance completely free. That's azflamingopools.com and 480-422-6013. So I got to ask, um, since you've obviously been through this situation, and this could apply for you know a job or starting a business, but you know with basketball, you had this dream, and then you know it wasn't probably going exactly how you expect. You realize it wasn't for you. How do you know if something's just like difficult and you need to keep pushing through it, or to kind of realize like, hey, maybe this isn't what I'm supposed to be doing. Like I should. I should go other places and that's okay. Like you're not quitting, but you just realize that it's not for you. How do you know the difference? Sure. I think that you gave yourself, like I can, I have satisfaction knowing that I chased something. Yeah. Right. Like with basketball, like I I gave it a shot, right? Like, I mean, I worked really hard for it and I had a lot of great experiences. I mean, I still talk about it to this day. So I mean, I look back at it and say, Hey, it wasn't a complete waste because I didn't play in the NBA. You know what I mean? Like look at all the lessons, the relationships, the, the coaches and players and the experiences that I had in terms of traveling all over, all over the place. I mean that's all that's all really really valuable stuff. I think at some point you have to ask yourself what is it, what is it that you want most? You know what I mean? And is that is that getting you what you want most? Yeah. You know what I mean? And for me, I wanted to have a relationship with my family. You know what I mean? And uh, and I you know obviously wanted to provide for them and things like that. But I think that for me the answer always is is hey listen, give it a shot, work your rear end off it, pay whatever price you have to to be good at it. And at some point you get closer to it. I just think instinctively you'll just kind of know like you know what. This isn't making me happy. You know, I mean, life is about being happy. Yeah. And being happy doesn't mean that life is easy all the time, right? Like, I mean, each one of us have different, you know, things in our lives that are really, really difficult. Yeah. And starting a business is really, really hard or, or pursuing something is really, really challenging. Mm-hmm. But that doesn't mean you can't be happy doing it. You know what For I mean? Sure. And I think if you find yourself not being happy, I think then you can realize like, you know what? This really isn't something that I want to continue to pursue, whether yeah. it's, you know, relationships, you're not happy with, you know, your relationships. I mean, that's what it was for me in basketball. It was like, okay, I can continue to keep doing this, but I don't enjoy putting my family through all this. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So I think that, hopefully that answers your question is, yeah, you can, you, I think it's important you pay the price for something that you think you want, but you're, you're, you know, you can change, you know, halfway through that or two, the way, through, two thirds of the way through it, but you got to give it a fair shake. You know what I mean? And I think you get closer to it and you realize, am I happy or am I not happy? And if yeah. I'm not happy, it's like, you know, this isn't for me. For sure. Figure something else out. Yeah. And I think that's awesome advice because sometimes like you don't want to quit. You want to keep going. But if like you're not happy, it might not be for you. And there's plenty of other opportunities that you can pursue that can bring that happiness. Absolutely. To yeah. Yeah. Natalie, how about for you? Like how did you overcome when, you know, he wanted to move to Oklahoma and then move to all these other places for someone that was with family their whole life or in like a comfort zone, I guess. I was definitely in a comfort zone. Yeah. Um, Oklahoma was our my first like big move. Yeah. And I just remember going around in Stillwater and being like, "It's not Halloween, everybody!" 
black yeah. and white, right? And no. they're just like, what's going on? Everyone's teeth are yellow. <laughs> it's Halloween every day. And it was just all like my attitude sucked, yeah. right? And so just to make this short, I found through all of our moves that my attitude determines everything. Like, so the first year was tough. Like I was a snot yeah, to him. That's true. Literally. I'm so embarrassed by my, <laughs> <laughs> just my attitude. It yeah. sucked. And it was hard. Yeah. Like, I mean, people understand why it was hard because I had a six week old. Right. Kid, yeah. Right. Yeah. And I'm moving to a place that I didn't, didn't know. know anybody. And it was just, it was crazy. But. It was awesome. Like, so first year was hard. Second year was just fun. Like, I had friends, and I met the team, and everybody was so welcoming, and we were a family, and they had a great year. You know, I started a company out there with my sister. That provided us to be able to travel. Well, that and Grandpa. (laughs) He helped a lot, too. But we were able to travel everywhere, and, like, then the third year there, same thing. Like the company kept going. We started a cool a t-shirt company that said cool chicks wear orange. Yeah. <laughs> and like, I mean, I would come into the stadium with a ginormous bag of t-shirts. We would get mobbed. Yeah. T-shirts gone, and I'd have this huge sack of cash. I'm here, Dad, carry that. Yeah. Keep it safe. <laughs> you know, but like but that gave me the opportunity to like meet people and we became kind of like we me and my sister started doing this stupid dance in the stands and we're known as the cool chicks and we were basically another mascot it was just so fun like we got to know people more than he did but he was the one out there playing you know and then germany another that was tough too because i was pregnant when we moved over there and super sick but we had a military base we were able to go to with yeah. and meet new friends and go to church with them. I'm still super close with lots of those people. Awesome. So awesome. And then after that, where did we go? Oh, back to Tulsa. Yeah. And we were there. Awesome. Love Oklahoma. Would literally live there again if yeah. I had the opportunity. Which is crazy because that wasn't the case when he first, when yeah, first started. Yeah, no. Yeah. And then, and then we started moving because he got a job as a consultant. So we started moving every like 18 months. Oh, wow. So again, when we, we moved back to Utah for a short amount of time, mm-hmm. I had a real bad attitude. Because at that point, I'd wow. been out of Utah for so long that I was like, I really <laughs> want oh, nothing to do ah, with this. Yeah, yeah that's funny. For reals. Wow. And... I had a horrible attitude and it was our hardest move because of my attitude. And so after that, I was just like, okay, like this is legit. Like my attitude determines so many things. Yeah. And then we went to Canada. Best time ever. Went to Wyoming. (laughs) It was rough because we were in the butt crack of the state. (laughs) (laughs) That was hard just because we're so secluded. Yeah. But still great people, great friends, good opportunity. And then we ended up here. So I think just the biggest lesson for me was, and for everybody, like your attitude will make a break, make it or break it. Yeah. Honestly, like if you go somewhere knowing or thinking you're going to hate it, that's what's going to happen. Yeah. 
if you go somewhere and you're like, this is going to be great, I'm going to make friends, we're going to have a great time, that's what happens. Yeah. And that's been so good for me because moving to Arizona was, I think, our 14th move. Wow. wow. Some of those were in state where we were. Yeah. But most of them were different areas. Yeah. And so, I mean, two of those times were rough because of my attitude. Yeah. The rest were manageable. And now we have friends from all over the place. Yeah, that's, that's awesome. awesome. But, yeah. And it's so fun. Yeah. Like last week was my birthday and one of my best friends from Oklahoma flew in. One of my best friends from, she lives in Northern California now. We met in Tulsa and they just came and hung out with me for a week. And we that's had the awesome. best time ever, you know. Yeah. But I have friends that I would hang out with for a week. Yeah. All over the place, uh -huh. you yeah. know, and it's just so fun. Yeah. It's been a good, it's been a good life. That's good. Even I, though it's been a hard life. Yeah, yeah. You know, in some yeah. areas. I definitely think like when life is going bad, it's so easy to look like outward and be like, well, what's going on around me? Who's affecting my life? Where I think we need to look inward and be like, totally. okay, what is, how is my attitude right now? And like, how am I perceiving this? 100%. And how can I change to make this better? Yep. So. I mean, come on. She went to Oklahoma initially at the beginning and said everybody's wearing Halloween stuff. Right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> to selling it. <laughs> to selling yeah, a Halloween stuff. Yeah. Orange is yeah. like one of my favorite this, colors now. Yeah. <laughs> Look at that. That's I mean, a perfect example of just kind of the attitude shift or change, right? Like, yeah. I, I can't believe this to like, you know what? This is this is great. This is How do I be a part of this? You yeah. Know? yeah. That's so cool. That's yeah. awesome. So I guess we got to ask the golden question now. So how do you go from basketball star to traveling the world to full-time career to... A sock company. Getting fired. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, when we moved to Arizona, um, I was working for a Boston-based consulting firm, uh, you know, in a group that was basically, it was, uh, you know, a retired Harvard Business School professor who was taking his 30-plus years of research and building a consulting firm out of it. And, and I got, um, you know, an opportunity to, to kind of help kind of help them, and it just wasn't a good fit, you know. And, I, and uh, you know, they moved me to Arizona. They let me move where I wanted to move. and we ended up here in Arizona, and... And uh, I just wasn't happy, to be quite frank, you mm -hmm. know. And 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 the craziest thing about this whole thing is that you know I got blindsided. I mean, I we bought a house, okay. Um, and six weeks later, you know, and I got a raise. On, a raise. At the end, Told him he first was doing week, a great first job. week of April, everybody says, "Hey, you know what? You're doing a fantastic job." We typically don't give raises until you've been here for a year. I've been there for about eight nine months, and I uh, got a raise, and got a little bonus, and then three weeks later, I got unexpectedly let go. So we had just purchased wow. a home. Like, you know, March 1st, April 1st, get a raise and a bonus saying I'm doing a great job. And then the third week of April, all of a sudden I'm without a job, right? So it just doesn't make sense. It doesn't no. make sense. And I, you know, and it and, still doesn't make and, sense. And, and, and that's okay that it doesn't make sense because right. I think, you know what? A lot of times, you know, it's really easy, you know, to look in the, you can, you can never, I mean, Steve Jobs talks about you can't connect the, drop, the dots going forward. You can only connect yeah. the dots going, looking in the rearview mirror, looking yeah. back. Hindsight right? really is twenty twenty. You know, it's it, right? And I look at it at the time and I mean, I just laughed, right? I mean, I sat there, I, I didn't tell Natalie yet. I went, I you know, I ended laugh. up, <laughs> I mean, I, 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 you know, I took a taxi or whatever to the airport and uh, Ubered it at the airport or whatever. And then just, uh, you know, I sat there and before I was like, how do I tell my wife that I just got let go? We just bought a house. We're just getting settled in Arizona. We don't know anybody. They gave me one month severance package, okay? I just, and I just put it, you know, like, all right, I'm feeling pretty good because I got a bonus. We just bought some kitchen appliances, made a couple, you know, house remodels, and now all yeah. of a sudden I don't have a job. And I just started laughing. I mean, what do you do? You know what I mean? It's well, like, all right. Yeah. 
It's like, this is crazy. I mean, you can't make this stuff up. Yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> and uh, so, I mean, I kind of got forced into it, right? A little bit. It was like, and I went 10 months without a job. I figured, hey, I got an MBA. I have seven, eight years of consulting experience with some really good consulting firms. Um, I'll find something out really quickly. You know what I mean? And yeah. I found out pretty quick that I just wasn't what I wanted. You know what I mean? And, and so I went 10 months without a job. And I'm telling you what, I was, you know, extremely extremely difficult i mean because you have you know a family and you start missing mortgage payments yeah i mean let's just be real here right if we're talking about you know people your audience that's listening to this stuff you're looking at this saying hey i've never missed i've never been late you got an 800 credit score and all of a sudden you miss a couple payments and stuff and you're like not i mean you're just going crazy right right? like this is this is great so guess what i do i go out and get another paper out Hey, here in Arizona. Here in Arizona, man. Arizona that, Republic, was this dude. Last year. This was a couple years ago. Couple yeah, years man. Ago. Okay, okay. Yeah. So a couple years ago, I mean, I'm having a paper. I got a paper route. I'm looking for a job. I'm, you know, trying to figure out how the heck I'm going to put food on the table and make my mortgage payment. And you know, I joined a small little sock startup in Salt Lake, and and uh, you know, I had a chance. I, I I realized that I needed to purchase it, or that the way that I felt it was being run because of my consulting experience wasn't necessarily. Um, the way that I thought it needed to be run. So I tried to buy it. We had an agreement price on it and the guy thought it was worth more than I thought it was worth. And I basically said, I'm, I'm going to walk. And so I um, started, you know, I was like, you know what? I'm going to get back in the consulting world. That's what I know. It's what I've been good at. It's what I've been doing for the last little while. Yeah. Instead of traveling around all over the place, you know, because I, you know, I love my family and uh, I didn't want to basically be a road warrior, a guy that, you know, went Monday through Friday, 45 to 48 weeks out of the year traveling a bunch. I kind of try to avoid that at all costs. You know what I mean? And I got to a point where it's like, I can't, I got to get back into that deal. And I had an offer to go back. So here's what's, here's the crazy part is after being without a job for nine, 10 months, I interviewed with a great firm out in uh, North Carolina. And uh, you know, while I'm waiting to hear back from them, they say, Hey, listen, we like you. We're going to make an offer. You know, I'm waiting for, uh, you know, I, I meet with a buddy of mine who actually I worked for for 10 bucks an hour in Stillwater at the gas stations. Wow. He owned all the gas stations. He sold them all, made a bunch of money, kind of retired snowbirds out to, to uh, you know, Scottsdale area and oh, wow. and uh, kind of caught up. I mean, he's an older gentleman and he's like my really good buddy. And he just, you know, we had some conversations and stuff and he wanted to help me out. And and uh, I basically had a decision to make. Do I do I get back into consulting and travel 45 for 48 weeks out of the year? Or do I try to figure out this whole situation with an opportunity to get into the sock business? Because I had kind of been in it a little bit when I was up in, uh, you know, with that other small sock startup. Yeah. And for me, the biggest thing was to answer your question, you're forced into it. A lot of times I think a lot of us are just forced into it, you know, to these situations where we ha- we have to figure it out. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. And it's okay. And it's really hard. And everybody will have their paper route moment. You know what I mean? I yeah. mean, crap, I was up at two o'clock in the morning and I'm thinking to myself, here I was a dude that was making over 200 grand a year, right? I was making pretty decent money. You know what I mean? And I was yeah. thinking I could retire and this is great. And, and uh, now all of a sudden I went from that to nothing and I'm out throwing a paper <laughs> And I got all this experience and this education, and I'm thinking, man, you are starting to doubt yourself a little bit. Yeah. You know what I mean? And we go, I'm like, this is insane, you know. And um, but I think that you know, for me, and that's kind of the the BYU Oklahoma State thing is I could have stayed at BYU and could have been totally comfortable, but I decided to take a gamble, if you will, to go to a place I've never been before, don't know anybody, but it's a great program. I think I'm a good fit from a basketball standpoint, and dang it, we're just gonna go out there and figure it out. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And 
that worked out really well. And now here I am, I don't know, 10 years later, 12 years later, and it was like, all right, I can take this money. I, I got an offer from that consulting firm and it was, it was a lot of money, but it was travel 45 to 48 weeks of the year. Or I can you know, work together with somebody that I trust and we, I can start a sock business. And I had met some people in the industry when I worked at that small little sock startup and I talked to them and they're like, heck yeah, man, let's do this. So now I have to weigh this whole thing. You know, do I get into something that's comfortable, but I don't, not super happy doing, um, or do I try to start something that I'm really passionate and excited about um, that obviously there's some, there's some trade-off there, you know what I mean? And so I said, you know what, that experience 10 years ago, you know, going to Oklahoma State, I'm going to roll that. I'm going to go behind that door. I'm going to take, I'm going to walk through that door and see, yeah. you know, see what it, see what happens because you know what I've bet on myself in the past and, and you know, Natalie's learned a lot from that whole experience. And I feel like we're in this together. It wasn't like it was really hard. It was a really hard decision to, you know, you can Natalie attest. I mean, she, I'm headed out to, to the high school or our, our son was starting freshman, uh, freshman year of high school. And uh, I'm walking out to the freshman orientation deal and I saw my phone that I had gotten the offer from the consulting firm. And I said, you know, I, 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 I call her as I'm walking out the door and I say, hey, I just got the offer from the consulting firm. Why don't you take a look at it and, uh, and let me know. And I get to the school five minutes later or whatever. And she's like, I don't know how we say no to this. It's such a great <laughs> offer. These people are great. And remind you, I've been without a job for 10 months, still throwing a paper, right? Yeah, so like, yeah. we're looking at this thing, thing, and this is fantastic. And it, you know what? And it was more money than I was making in my, pra- in my, in my past world, right? So you're wow. like, wow, this is great. And I'm thinking to myself, and I start busting up laughing. She's like, it's not laughing. funny. Stop <laughs> laughing. I was like, well, of course it's like this, right? I mean, 10 months of all this crazy stuff, and now all of a sudden within 24 hours of each other, we have two opportunities that couldn't be more different from one another. Yeah. You know? So so obviously we went to, you know, door number two, and, and because of the experience, past experience has kind of proven to us, and we're trying to make a go at it. And quite frankly, I think the biggest thing for me is, you know, what was kind of the guiding light for this is I was like, you know what? I want to have a positive impact on other people. I want to be able to build something, you know, played on a lot of really successful teams. We've done really well, brought a lot of happiness and joy to other people's yeah. lives. You know, Oklahoma State fans all over the place remember our team and the, some of the good stuff that we've done. And I want to be able to do something else like that. You know what I mean? I want to be able to build a brand that other people are attracted to that has a positive impact on other people's yeah. lives. And you know what's really cool is I get to do it with my family. You know, that whole Oklahoma State experience, that wasn't something I did by myself. It was something that she was right there along with me and yeah. enjoyed that experience and our son. And, 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 and that's the biggest thing is I wanted to start something that could have a positive impact and do it together with a family. And I figured, you know what? So what if I make a bunch of money doing consulting, man? I don't want to look back when I'm 60 years old and be like, you know what? I really missed the boat on my family's lives. You know what I mean? And yeah. That and, was the biggest thing. You know? Because our kids were all at an age where they were starting to get involved and he didn't want to be like, I missed out on right. all of it, yeah. you know? Yeah. I mean, and even now, I mean, I'm the head basketball coach at Queen Creek High School, and awesome. I've been doing that for the last two years. And so for me, you know, I love the game of basketball, and I figured I've been very, very fortunate. I mean, my college coach was a Hall of Fame, is a Hall of Fame coach, and my dad played for him. So we're like the only father-son combo to play for oh, this Hall of Fame awesome. coach. My dad got drafted by the Phoenix Suns. I mean, I had my high school coach oh, yeah. got, yeah. My high school coach got uh, played for Greg Popovich, who's the San Antonio Spurs wow. coach. So I like I realize that I've been very fortunate to be around some really good coaches, yeah. and I can do one of two things: I, I can sit and chill out and yeah. just go to my son's games and just support my son or whatever, or I can try to pass that on yeah. to that knowledge and that experience to other kids. You know what I mean? That are 15, 16, 17 year old kids who are you know making some decisions that are going to impact the rest of their lives. And right. if I can be 
a positive impact in their lives through a game of basketball that I know a lot about and been fortunate to learn. To me, that's what life is all about is helping out other people. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So, so that's kind of, that's kind of what led us up to this whole, why socks? I mean, socks, um, I love socks. I mean, I, when I play basketball, every game I had to wear a new pair of socks, like a routine. There were three things I had to do before every game. Take a shower, brush my teeth, <laughs> new pair of socks before every game. Yeah. Like, you know, the, the equipment managers were super stingy and they didn't have nice socks back then. Yeah. And so like, you know, you put all your, you put all your socks, like your, your practice gear and your socks on a loop and you throw it in there and they wash it all together and it come back and like the socks would be all crusty and hard <laughs> and crappy. Oh, no. And like, and I'd have to put those suckers on my feet. And then of course you're playing basketball and your feet are hot and you get like blisters on the bottom of your feet. And it's like, this sucks, man. This is ridiculous. So I just, and I think there's just something comforting about putting on a nice pair of socks. Like you put something Absolutely. on a nice pair of socks and it just feels like quality. Yeah. And so anyway, that's what I want to do. I want to have a positive impact. That's what we want to do. It's just not me. It's like, I just said, I told her, I was like, I'm not making this decision. And she starts laughing. And she was mad. Actually, wasn't laughing. really mad. You know, <laughs> well, it's like, not funny. You know? like, it's, yeah, it's not funny. funny. Like this is something we're going to do together because I don't want to get, I don't want to, I already did that, yeah. right? Moving to Oklahoma State. But I think that she trusts me enough now and that we have grown enough together in our relationship where we can handle something like this. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. So, um, so yeah, it's been two years and it's been really, really hard. And um, everybody goes to China to get their stuff made. And we said, Mm-mm, we're going to get it made here in the United States. And we're going to get the best materials. It's not easy. It's not easy. <laughs> but guess what? Life's not easy. Doing something special or doing something unique or different, it's not easy. Sure. You know what I mean? Like, there's a lot of people, in my opinion, a lot of people just want to make money in this world. Well, there's six million ways to make money in this oh, world. Yeah. You know what I mean? You can go sell stuff on Amazon. You can go do, I mean, there's all sorts of stuff you can do. And that's great. And I think a lot of people look at it and say, well, I want to make money because I want to help out other people. And that's fine. And I don't have an issue with that. But I say, why can't I do something that has impact and provide for my family at the same time and provide opportunities for other people to grow and develop at the same time you know it's not make money and then i go help out other people it's why can't i do it along the way yeah, you know what i mean yeah, and yeah. instead of just saying oh well i just can't wait till i make be a millionaire build this business that's it yeah exactly yeah. and then i'll sell my company or whatever right or ipo or i'll sell it to somebody and i'll have all this boatload of cash and i'll just go you know give it to everybody or nonprofits, or i'll go live an easy life and like listen whoa 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 newsflash yeah. life isn't easy have you ever been on vacation for a week after a week, I'm like, dude, I got to, after like three days, I was like, dude, I got to do something productive yeah, with my yeah. life. Like sitting here, just chilling out, drinking pina coladas or whatever is like, it's great, but it's like, it's like not what life is all about. You know what yeah. I mean? In my opinion, it's about working hard and building something and helping other people out. And, and, uh, hopefully I can do that or we can do that through this, through this company. And that's why I wanted to do it here in the United States because most everybody else doesn't do it here. Yeah. And you know, our cotton's grown in Arizona. So that's the, awesome. The cotton farmers in, in Safford, Thatcher area all grow the best cotton, grow the Pima cotton in the world. It's more expensive, but I don't care. To me, it's not about, you know, margins. You get into margins and all these different things. And yeah, it's about margin. You need to make money. No, there's no question about that. But right. to me, it's not about the socks. It's about being able to have a positive impact in people's lives with a day-to-day essential that everybody needs. I mean, you go in your sock drawer and everybody's got 10 to 20 pairs of socks whether it's for dress socks, whether it's for working out, whether it's for hiking or skiing or what you name it, right? Yeah. There's I'm a about this either. <laughs> no, there you go. So you make yeah. up for others that have five. Uh-huh. You know what I mean? <laughs> but on average, everybody's got a lot of pairs of socks and for different types of things. And so it's like a daily essential that people need that put on their feet. And there's just something nice about putting 
uh, so, you know, a nice pair of socks on your feet that, you know, that realizing that you're you're doing something for for other people, man. So anyway, that's a long winded answer to your to your to your question, but but that's why that's why socks, and it's been hard, but it's been hopefully rewarding, and hopefully we're just getting started. Yeah. You know?